Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are in season seven and are carefully addressing some very serious issues. Today, we're going to discuss the Christian counseling episode. If you haven't heard the What the Flock episode, please give it a listen. The information in that episode is necessary to fully benefit from this Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. And what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds a belief differently than the one based at biblical doctrine. We're doing this in order to help you lead with love, both to those who have hurt others and those who have been hurt. Again, I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swikowski. Hey, Joel, what are your initial thoughts from this episode or the Christian counseling episode from that episode? From that episode? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, my initial thoughts really comes down to there's three terms that I really want to talk to the leaders about that are listening to this episode that are important to understand and that are parallel to this topic of Christian counseling. Mm. These are terms that I know Jonathan, you and I have dealt with just about every time we talk about or around the topic of counseling or Christian counseling. And without the definition of the right definition of these following three terms, it tends to take the conversation into an unprofitable path. So psychology, mental health, and self-esteem. Hmm. Every time I've had a bad conversation or a not great conversation with a, another Christian, especially a Christian leader in and around the topic of Christian counseling, it's been due to the terms psychology, mental health, and or self-esteem at some level. And it usually starts with them either not having a definition for those terms or having a definition that is contradictory. So I'm just going to give them to you. Here's the non-contradictory definitions of these terms. Psychology is the, simply the study of the mind and its behaviors. Mental health, the ability to repair the thought process. And self-esteem is confidence in your uniqueness. So if any of those topics come up as you discuss Christian counseling with somebody, as we'd always suggest, first ask what they mean by the words they're using, especially these keywords. But mm -hmm. what we wanted to do to you leaders listening is to just supply you with the definitions that we believe to be true about these terms. Because another thing that's a benefit as a leader, when you're asking someone to define a term, it is a benefit for you to have a definition of that term as well. Nice. So those are my initial thoughts is really, and a lot of this is largely due to just the experience I have talking to people about these. And we'll get into some of those actual interactions here in a little bit, but for now it's like, yeah, I thought it was important. We didn't really, uh, find a way to just throw these terms into the what the flock episode so i thought mm. it'd be a benefit to give them to the leaders here listening to the monk podcast that's really cool i i love i love the fact that you're approaching those definitions and you know people who are i know that there are people who argue against psychology yeah, you know, psychology, mental health, self-esteem. These are not, you know, these aren't these aren't Bible words, right? No, they're not. But yeah. but 
to go back to, well, what's your definition of that word? And to be able to point back like to the Bible, study the mind and its behavior, the ability to repair your thought process, self-esteem, confidence in your uniqueness. It's like, ooh, those are Bible. Are those concepts biblical? Oh my God. I would say that that would be the first place that those concepts were. Right. Right. And we got to be careful anytime we say, well, that word's not in the Bible because neither is the word Trinity. Or brain. Right. And we know those things are represented throughout the scriptures, whether the word itself is used. Again, one of the important things of recognizing what's doctrine versus the, you know, the three levels of scripture where there's what you read, there's the meaning of what you're reading, and then there's the underlying principles mm. that are true regardless of what you're reading. Yeah. And that's the doctrine. That's the most important part of scriptures is to understand the, the doctrine of God that underlies those scriptures. Very cool. Hey, Jonathan, can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's topic? I'd love to. As I stated in the What the Flock episode, it is so important that we strive to repeat back to the other person what they believe to their satisfaction. So speaking of mental health, this is where repair begins with understanding the other person first. If agreement happens, which we love, we we want that to happen. It's only going to happen after understanding takes place. And we're not in control of agreement. We are in control of understanding. And that understanding is what we focus on here, especially in season seven. But an overview of both sides. The strict side believes that the only healthy counseling is Christian counseling. And the loose side believes that Christian counseling hurts more than it helps people. All right, now I'm going to take a shot at at repeating back your answer to see if I understand you. So ultimately what we want to do with any topic is focus on understanding the other person first. So with that said, that's, you know, the the bigger goal of season 7 is is about how do we discuss any topic in a beneficial manner including the most emotional of topics. Mm. That's a bigger goal than giving the ultimate answer specific to each topic Mm -hmm. is how do we help people discuss these topics in a way where they can benefit from it. And it starts with just focusing on understanding the other person. Now, largely what you're going to hear when discussing Christian counseling is going to be on two sides of the issue. And one is the only healthy counseling is Christian counseling. You could also say, in other words, anything outside of Christian counseling isn't going to help. And then the other side would say Christian counseling hurts more than it helps, which another way of saying that would be something like do any type of counseling outside of Christian counseling if you want help. Is that to your satisfaction? That's great. Yes, it is. Okay, Joel, how would you handle a person who holds a man-made belief about Christian counseling or any belief about Christian counseling outside of the truth? Well, let's take a careful look. Depends on what they believe about Christian counseling. I'm going to give some common options with a recommended response based on what we learned in the What the Flock episode. But a big reminder, 
these recommended responses that we're giving you are meant to be tools for you to use in response to people wanting to talk to you about these topics. Hmm. These are not tools for you to use to walk up to a person and nail them to the wall. We're not trying, we're not trying to win an argument. No. We're trying to, we're trying to, you know, I think our the the term argument gets a bad gets a bad it rap. Does, yeah. but, but it but arguing is, you know, discourse back and forth right. between between someone. So this these are ways to help people relax and actually focus on rehearsing or preparing to have a back and forth interaction with someone to hear yeah, them. instead of winning i like how you said we're not trying to help people win an argument it's more about learning yeah it is about winning. nice i like that so number one the church is too focused on mental health we should just point people to jesus jonathan what do you think my first question would be for this person oh it's got to be what's your definition of mental health right yeah that's where it starts gotta be yeah. gotta be what do you mean by mental health? Right. Now, another way you could go about this, because there is another key word in this, and it's really revolving around we should just point people to Jesus. You could also start with asking this person, how can you help someone find Jesus if they're cast down in their thought process? Mm-hmm. But I think the, the easiest question is just to ask them about mental health. Because either they don't have a definition or the definition they do have in some way contradicts pointing people to Jesus, which doesn't make sense to me. That's why I'd want more clarity because I do believe Jesus wants us to have good mental health. Right. Right. So we know, and you know, ultimately what we would believe is that mental health is the ability to repair the thought process, which Jesus is, Jesus is the life, right. And the ability to repair his life. Second one. We're too focused on psychology. Let's get back to the Bible. Again, what's your definition of psychology? That's where it starts. Yep. And I've had this interaction with a pastor before, and it and it stopped right there. He didn't have a definition. And I followed it up by asking him, is focusing on psychology a bad thing? And that's when he said no. It's like, okay, so now where do we go from there? Hmm. It's like you're saying we shouldn't focus so much on psychology and we should focus on the Bible, but you can't define psychology. And then when I say is that a, is psychology bad, you say no. It's like the the argument just falls apart. So he quickly changed the subject. Hmm. But here's where a big unconscious confrontation comes in. If you tell people they're too focused on psychology, then all you have to do is say that's fine as long as you don't try to help people with their behavior anymore. Nice. Which is a tough pill to swallow when you're a pastor. And again, a reminder, psychology is just simply the study of the mind and its behavior. But with number one, simply put, ask them what their definition of mental health is. Number two, simply put, ask them what their definition of psychology is. Number three, you should be praying and reading the word instead of reading self-help books. This is about Jesus, not about you. So this one's right in line with the self-esteem definition that we gave. Confidence in your uniqueness. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of self-help books. 
And there are a lot of Christians who don't like self-help books. So this mm-hmm. could very well be a topic. I know it's topics I've had before, conversations I've had. So another way you could go about this is just ask this person, are you trying to help people live a better life? And you could even ask this, do you ever commentate or explain what the Bible means? It's like, yes. So in in other words, what this is doing is like, what, what's the issue with the self-help book? Self-help books are fine. I'm not saying all of them work or none of them work, but the intention is just to give people information to make their life better, to help them with who they are. I need to be careful telling people not to read self-help books if I ever try to help people with their behavior. You try to help someone with their self. Right. Again, this is why so much of this episode comes down to doctrine, right? Which oh, yeah. It's like right, and it go, and you know, again, it's like, what's your definition of a self-help book? Right. A book that helps yourself. Isn't that what the Bible is? Right. Isn't the Bible <laughs> the self-help book? You're right. Isn't it the yeah. original? There you go. Those are some great, great responses to Jonathan. Thanks. Isn't the Bible a self-help book? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, shouldn't I, re- shouldn't yeah. I be reading that book to help myself? Right. I, I don't get it. Now I'm going to break the fourth and fifth one down into simple, simple, simple responses. Hmm. I'm going to just do them back to back because I want everybody to really take a minute here to recognize. I know some of these questions Jonathan and I come up with may seem very strategic And some of you listening might wonder, man, I wonder if I'll ever be able to think of a question like that in the moment. So let me break this down super simple for you. Someone could say Christian counseling doesn't work. Someone could also say Christian counseling is the only counseling that works. So it's like the the hard, strict, and loose perspective. The hard, strict, and loose perspective. Right, right. Again, the point of season seven is how can we understand the other person? How can we have civil discourse? So if someone says either one of those statements, Christian counseling doesn't work, Christian counseling works, just ask why. Hmm. Why does Christian counseling not work? Nice. Or why is Christian counseling the only counseling that works? That's a great place to start. Just have locked and loaded in your back pocket the question, why? Nice. If you're really trying to understand a person and you're never asking a why or what do you mean question, I actually wonder if your goal is to understand that person. So that's like simple, simple. If I'm trying to understand a person, I should be ready to just ask them why or what do you mean by what you're saying? So that's it. Those are the those are five very common statements you'd hear about Christian counseling and some recommended responses for you. Love it. Love the why, the why not and the why. That's great. Okay, Joel, can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is? I'd love to. Ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that person. Because we have said time and time again, and we believe wholeheartedly that grace and love are what what help us avoid enabling and help us avoid judging the other person. And they're also what help us win 
and edify the other person. In the specific case of Christian counseling, we've learned that there is a role in the Bible that shows the value of psychologists and counselors, and Jesus called that role a laborer. The laborer's ability to repair people mentally and emotionally depends on whether they have good doctrine or they're just using platitudes. Remember these poetic or nice sounding statements or emotional statements that have no substance or no causes to it for a person to focus on. So the big picture is leadership, grace, and love, as it is with every topic. The specific small picture, ultimate answer for Christian counseling is a conjunctive, bringing repair with the right doctrine. That's great. Okay. So I'm going to repeat back the ultimate answer to you, Joel. And dear listener, feel free to pause the episode and repeat back Joel's answer for yourself before moving on. So go ahead and pause it. And then did you pause it? Okay, great. Okay, now welcome back. Joel, here's what I'm here's what I'm hearing you say. Everything ultimately goes back to the person taking direction from God via grace in order to love the person that they're discussing any of these topics with. And grace and love are the key to avoiding abuse or enabling someone. In this specific case related to Christian counseling, what this goes back to is this this whole topic goes back to something that Jesus was talking about, which is laborers. So you're saying that a Christian counselor is supposed to be a laborer. Jesus was was saying, pray for these people, ask God for these people. And it's a role that's in the Bible that the church has contracted out to psychologists and counselors. But Jesus was saying, this is what laborers do. Now, laborers repair people's mental and emotional health. That's what they do. They get into the weeds, into the, they, they plow, they work, they labor, they do a lot of hard work to help people repair mentally and emotionally. And their tools in which they do this plowing and farming and hard work is good doctrine is what a laborer is supposed to have. Or if they're a poor laborer, then all they have are platitudes and they just throw out platitudes. So ultimately, you know, the big picture with this topic and all the other topics in season seven is grace, love, and leadership. If we don't, if we're not focused on facilitating the other person, taking direction from God, and giving a value without expecting anything in return, we shouldn't be talking about these topics to begin with. That's your first problem. It's our first problem is if you're not in the right mental and emotional and spiritual state to be able to do these things, don't. Don't do it. You have another issue. So go get that. Now, once you're ready to take direction from God, to love someone and lead them, now, you can approach the specific topic of Christian counseling, which is a conjunctive. And that conjunctive being 
bringing repair. What does a Christian counselor do? They bring repair. How do they do that? With the right doctrine. So right there, you presented an amazing definition for what a Christian counselor is. Someone who brings repair with the right doctrine. So it begs the question, with that definition, who's a Christian counselor and who's not? Mm. Because there's a lot of people that have the, the title. Yeah. That aren't doing that work. There are a lot of there. I imagine there's a lot of people with the title that are doing that work. And I imagine that there's people without that title who are doing that work without that title. So opens the, things wide up, right? The doctrine behind Christian counseling, right? Is bringing repair with the right doctrine. Yeah. Right. That's great. So, so Joel, is that to your satisfaction? Yeah, it is. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Well, thank you, Joel, for teaching all of us. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.